Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group, WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So what is our goal with this group? To establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wishart Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. This podcast is brought to you in part by Megan Williamson, head coach at Ocean Rehab and Fitness. Live life with an SCI and looking to improve your fitness? Or maybe you're finished rehab and want to take the next step in strengthening your body. Megan Williamson at Ocean Rehab and Fitness now offers online adaptive training programs and one-on-one coaching to individuals around the world with spinal cord injuries. Visit www.oceaninsiderclub.com for more information on how you can get started on achieving a stronger you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Brooke Paget and Elena Pauly. So today we are putting together this podcast episode for all of the new WAGs of SCI who are just coming out of rehab with their partners. Today, our topic is around regulating body temperature. So 
of course, with the seasonal changes, we're going into, we are in fall, we're going into winter, and we want to kind of talk to you guys about um, some of the problems that can occur with temperature regulations, um, mostly in people with cervical high, um, sorry, with cervical and high thoracic level of injury. So when it gets cooler like it is outside today um, and your body temperature drops, how to basically prevent that, the signs and symptoms to look out for, and some tips and tricks that we have learned along our journey with our partners with spinal cord injury. Yeah, and this is really important for the community because at the end of the day, especially when you have a partner with a higher level C-level C injury, um, it's so important and it's something that not many of us recognize right away. Like I remember when we first got out of rehab and it was that first kind of winter, my partner got out of rehab in October of the year he was injured. And I remember going home to like freezing cold temperatures and I knew about temperature regulation, but I feel like you don't really know <laughs> about temperature regulation until you mm -hmm. experience it, right? Like there's always those like mistakes that you make when you're first trying to adjust to this life. And I feel like it's really important that we address this, especially with the season right now, because there's so many things that you can do to prevent issues from happening. And this is the kind of info that you're not going to get at the hospital. It's more like real life experience, right, Elena? Yeah, no, totally. It's something that's like on the back burner when you're trying to... Um juggle like keeping up with medications making sure that you know they have their like leg bag on properly do they have their water bottle on them so regulating like fluids basic um, body functions are all there you're you're basically trying to keep everything together that you know the actual human being within the chair is kind of you just think okay they're okay right now um i don't hear any any you know, complaining about signs or symptoms. And a lot of the time, if you are obviously complete, like you won't even feel these things that you won't be able to even report on them. So like we were saying, it's really, really important to keep these things in mind that, you know, when it's hot outside, your temperature will rise. Things to look out for are things like, obviously, fever, nausea. Um, you can get dizzy. You can get a headache when your body temperature rises. And your face and neck can become red. And a lot of the time, we talk about this in the summer mostly, is um, when your partner, how quickly your partner can get a sunburn, right? And and how to kind of simulate that sweat by having a spray bottle on your person and then you can kind of spray down your partner. So for for cooler temperatures and cold weather, you obviously would feel like chills. You can see maybe your teeth chattering a little bit or your partner's teeth chattering a little bit. And so basically we want to make sure that you guys are preventative before things get to that point because it's really difficult to warm your partner back up after their teeth are already chattering and you're like, uh oh, what do we do now? So yeah, it, of course. And I feel like this is all a learning curve too. Like I like we we're talking about, you know, early on in the injury, there's so much that you have to focus on that you cannot possibly remember everything, right? Like it's like yeah. everything is just so overwhelming as it is. So I feel like having one or two of these experiences at a minimal level is actually good for helping you because then it shows you everybody's different, right? Every spinal cord injury is different. And there's certain things that you'll learn about your partner and how his body reacts to the cold that 
it'll make it so you'll start to know these things just automatically and you'll be able to think, oh, let's prevent this from happening because my partner's body gets like this when he's exposed to this, right? Every injury is so different. And so do you want to talk about like, you know, why is this a concern in the first place? Like what is actually happening to these guys when they have these issues like from cold yeah. when they get too cold? Well, let's start with like, for instance, let's start with in a hot, hot environment. So in a hot environment, the body normally sends signals, um, you know, saying that it's overheating from the brain to the spinal cord. And then the overheating is prevented by telling the body to cool down by sweating again, which they can't do. So you have to simulate the sweating. In a cold environment, the signal sent to the brain makes the blood vessels constrict. So to prevent hypothermia, the signals um, and the signals that go up to the to the brain, basically, you want to be able to report back on sensation. So when you do have the sensation, your body may send the signals properly, causing the body to experience hypothermia or hy- sorry, hyperthermia for hot, hypothermia for cold. Um, but when you are unable to feel those things, then that is when you get in a tricky situation. Yeah. And like as simple as it as it can be for us to imagine, it's basically like, you know, when you and I are out with a t-shirt on and it starts to get a little chilly out, our nervous system is sending us signals that it's time to put on a sweater. And we have that warning system. Whereas our partners who are quadriplegics, they don't have that warning system. So you'll find that these symptoms and these just getting super cold all at once will happen right there. Like it'll happen all of a sudden, same with heat in the summer. Like it'll just happen all of a sudden and you'll just be like, holy crap, I missed the boat. I should have prevented this because it just happened so quickly. And then like you said, mm-hmm. Elena, especially when you're out, yeah, yeah. when you're out about like in direct sunlight, you want to make sure that you've got tons of fluids on you and in you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you were saying earlier, um, prevention is the key um, and everybody's body is different. So we want to kind of talk to you guys about what we do for prevention and what we've learned over the years based on our partner's bodies and our partner's injuries who are um, Elena's uh, boyfriend is a C5, C6. My husband is a C4 and just learning over the years from our mistakes so that hopefully we can help at least one lady out there to prevent something disastrous from happening or her partner get just getting so cold that something else happens or they have to be hospitalized, which is the worst case scenario. So right, which can also cause AD symptoms, which is like what like we've talked about so many times it can be like life or death, right? Yeah. And it's so scary, too, because, you know, it's not like it, it, we have enough on our plates as caregivers. Um, we're always watching out for them. And mm-hmm. it's just another thing to add to the plate where it's just like, OK, you have mm-hmm. to focus on this. But once you get in the hang of it and learn your partner's you know, the ins and outs of your partner's injury, it starts to become like second nature. You know, sometimes we sit you know, with the door open at night. And I know I definitely want to get into this, Elena, because we were speaking about this earlier this morning about how we're always warm and our partner is always cold in the winter months. So it's like, I, I feel like that's like the wag of SCI life, right? <laughs> it is. It totally like, is. 
Like I was saying to Brooke, I was like, last night I have like AC blasting. I have got the window <laughs> open beside my bed. I'm wearing like full pajamas <laughs> with an ice pack on my neck. And Dan is like under his covers. He's like, you're psychotic. Turn all this stuff off. Like I am freezing. And then at the same time, it's like I plug in the electric blanket for him to like warm him up. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Like, you know, you're slit with the door open and you'll have like you know the breeze coming in because it's nice to have a breeze but then our partners like they can't handle that because their body will just be fine and then all of a sudden it'll be so cold do you remember that story that I told you about when we first came out of GF Strong the rehab center here and what I had to do when Dan overheated and he almost had AED and almost had to be hospitalized why don't you tell it again okay so when Dan um came out of rehab it was I think it was like one of the hottest summers we had here in Vancouver BC we were given an apartment or sorry we rented an apartment that was adapted through GF Strong the rehab center here I think we paid like I don't know just like a subsidized um amount of money for this apartment um and it didn't have any air conditioning and one of the days it was so hot that the candles were literally melting inside of our place so I remember being like oh my god and that was like our first introduction to my partner can't simulate sweat because he kept on reporting that he felt like he was burning up internally. Like he kept on saying, you know, I'm so uncomfortable. I just don't know what to do. And of course, being a brand new wag of SCI, you're not trained on this. You don't know what to do either. A lot of the experiences that we go through with our partners our learned experiences. So a lot of the things that Brooke and I both know now about how to deal with medical issues and medical situations and serious, you know, serious issues is from straight up experience. So when Dan told me this, I remember pushing him to the closest Save on Foods, which is a local grocery store here for us, and opening the freezer section like opening the doors and just putting him in front of the doors to get that cooling air. And we sat there all day. And I remember thinking, wow, how desperate is this? But at that point, we needed to do that. So if your body temperature is high, the first thing you want to do is get out of the heat right away. If possible, get out of the heat. Go to an air-conditioned room or use a fan right away. Take some of your clothes off. Obviously, don't get naked and, and save on foods, but, you know, remove some layers. Sponge off with a cool towel or water. And that's what, and that's what we did. We basically, I remember dipping the, the towels that we had in the room in the sink in a cold, cold, um, full sink of water and putting them in the freezer and freezing them and wrapping them around his neck. And that's what I did for like days and nights was just uh, doing that. So that's a lot of fun. So a lot of the things that we do learn is firsthand experience, you know? Yeah, for sure. My partner has had plenty of like close calls being too warm. Um, We've had some when we were in Europe where it was like 35 degrees Celsius And it was just so, so hot to the point where it was just too long in the heat, even though he was in the shade where it was just, he just needed to go inside into an air conditioned space and he needed to remove layers of clothing and he needed bunches of water and he just needed to cool his internal body temperature. And, you know, we learned a lot of lessons from that, but when it comes to being cold, 
I would say that my partner is more uncomfortable when he gets too cold and he gets something called the shakes. And it's interesting. I talked to his spine doctor and a couple of his nurses um, and his physiatrist about this. And none of them knew what this was. And it's so funny because so many women in the community of WAGs knows what the shakes are but the doctors don't know what it is. Like they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what do you mean the shakes? Like, I'm like, well, when he gets too cold, all of a sudden he'll start to get shakes where it'll be, he calls it shaking from the inside out where there's literally nothing you can do to warm them up except a hot shower. Um, That's the only thing that works for my partner. Once it gets to that level, Um, sometimes He'll be so cold when he goes to bed if he doesn't prevent the coldness in the first place by wearing layers and wearing a toque. If he gets too cold, it's really, really hard to reverse that except by getting him in the shower and warming him up almost like a steam room. So again, prevention is key. Um, doctors don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's really funny, but you ask a question on the WAGS group and they'll be like, oh yeah, the shakes. My partner definitely has that. And it's interesting because at the beginning, when he would get these shakes, it was worse at the start of his injury. Like I could literally do nothing to warm him up to the point where it was like mm-hmm. he, he would just sit there and he would be so tense that there you'd cover him up, you'd put a toque on him, you'd put layers on him, you'd wrap him in blankets and nothing would help. And it's scary because it's so, he says it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. It's like a tense feeling where your teeth are grinding. He says he almost needs a uh, a mouth guard sometimes. And I know there's other women in the community that had this happen. Mm -hmm. Actually, the other day, I think somebody posted on our private discussion group on Facebook, the Wags of SEI private discussion group, um, asking if, if they thought that their partner um, was developing Parkinson's along with a spinal cord injury because of the shakes. And I think that also that's kind of, um, that's also Parkinson's symptoms look very different than just the basic shakes. So I think that's like a misconception, but, um, you always want to get that checked out, but yeah, shakes are very common in our community. Yes, (laughs) And you know, it's, you know, it's interesting yeah, you know what's interesting is um, mm-hmm. my mom has a really interesting perspective on it because um, for those of you who don't know, my mom is an alternative health practitioner, medical intuitive, and she attributes the shakes to fatigued adrenals. And over the years, she's just been very, very noticeable on that. Like she'll she'll be like, oh, Brooke, look what you did today. And it's no coincidence that he's shaking and he has the shakes. So I think that's one thing to point out to people is pay attention, keep a little diary, whether it's in your mind or on your phone as to like what goes on during the day when he has one of these shakes episode, because it may not necessarily be just from being cold. We've had days where like we've been so busy running around doing a bunch of things in one day or having various appointments or just being just having a day where it's more stressful. And then he'll get super shaky at night. And it's not a coincidence. And it makes a lot of sense because when the body's adrenal glands are worn out, you have a lot of fatigue going on. And for some reason, that affects the nervous system more in people with spinal cord injuries. And so I found Mm -hmm. that like in the community, especially in our situation, when we have days that are busy and we're going home to relax at the end of it, always take into account that 
you try whatever it takes to prevent the shakes by putting on layers, putting on a tube, putting on a neck warmer that really, really helps like a merino neck warmer or a scarf and doing whatever it takes to keep that body temperature in a warm state will help. Um, but again, it's something worth looking into because on busy days, it definitely ha- happens more often than we'd like it to. And it's something we're constantly trying to address. So, But it's also, I think, it's also important to keep in mind, and this is something you and I talk about frequently, is that when you have an SCI or when you're caring for somebody with an SCI, that you are not always capable of performing all the tasks at the level that you once were able to do before. That means a busy schedule from like morning till night can't always be accomplished because you're just, it's just a different way of life now, right? It takes a lot more energy and time and awareness and presence to be able to go from A to B. So well, yeah, especially these guys, like with compromised, you know, systems right. as it is, like they can't take as much stress as they used to. Right. Be, right. So don't overdo it. And we totally. say this all the time. Um, just be careful of that. And I think that as you know, as our society has put so much, I guess, like reinforcement on having a busy, busy schedule means that you're going to be successful and that you're going to get farther in life. That's not necessarily true you know, the quality of the way that you're performing, even if it takes only one day or sorry, if it takes one day to perform only one task, the quality of that task and what you're capable of doing is very important. So that's also something to keep in mind is like overexertion is a real thing. Um, Your body can also respond in different ways from overexerting yourself. And sometimes you have a long-term effect from that, that can present itself later on in life as well. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. So, and I don't know about you, but I, like at the beginning of my partner's injury, I was just like a chicken with my head cut off. We were running around to so many, you know, appointments yeah. with physios, yeah. med- medical appointments. Uh, people were coming to our house. It was insane for the first year and a half, I would say. And it got to the point where it was just like, we were so tired at the end of each day. And my husband, it took him a while to like, kind of connect to that, like, and say, okay, I can't push myself the way that I used to. And that's not a bad thing. My body is telling me that it's no. too much. And before, it's so much easier to just push through it, right? You can push through it. You're a big, strong guy. Mm-hmm. You can get through it. You know, like you were talking about, society tells you, you should just keep going and be busy and this and that. But we've seen what happens, you know, when you're like this with a spinal cord injury and how much it impacts you, including getting the shakes. And then, you know, the caregiver's stressed out. You're completely stressed out. Right. It takes you a year to recover, right? It's just not worth it. Learn from our mistakes. Anyone listening, learn well, from our mistakes. <laughs> and, your self, and your self-worth of how much you can accomplish does not equate of how much you can accomplish. Like, like your self-worth is not based on, I can do this, this, this. A lot of the time too, you have to keep in mind that people that have a very busy schedule sometimes can be filling a void as well, right? It goes both ways. It's like to be so busy that you don't think about your daily tasks and how you're feeling along the way and assessing that along the way can be also very detrimental to your health. So totally these things in mind. And you're not noticing it, right? Like, 
Mm-hmm. There's things that come up when you're calm that just don't come up when you're rushing through life. And like, it's important to notice the little things because with spinal cord injury and, and life after spinal cord injury, it's the little things that matter in every possible way. You know, whether it's like the upsides or the downsides, it's all about the little things, right? And paying attention mm-hmm. to those little signs and those little, those little things that you need to, you know, keep yeah. yourself sane, keep yourself yeah. healthy, Check in with yourself, right? It's important to check in with yourself. And that's something that I had to learn. I used to say this statement all the time. And I was thinking about it yesterday as I was like shaving my legs in the in the shower. I used to say all the time, Oh, my God, I'm so busy that I don't even have time to shave my legs. And now I'm just like, okay, well, maybe take make that time, like make that time, shave your legs, like just do it, right? So it's important to check in with yourself and make sure that you're doing okay, too. And you know, I, mm-hmm. we're kind of going through a bit of a feed of this weekend. We were reposting a lot of self-care tips and tricks. And part of that is, is take care of yourself before it's too late to take care of yourself. So also notice your body temperature and how you're feeling as well, because you can't pour from an empty cup. You got to, you got to fill your cup first and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important. So why don't we go through like our experiences and like personal things that, we've learned over the years from trying to keep, you know, transitioning into winter. Like what are some Mm -hmm. things that you do at your household that makes it so you are set up for success? Actually, we are in the process of doing that this week. So one of the first things that I do, because we do live in a small apartment, as we have reported to you guys multiple times, we live in Vancouver, British Columbia, in a little sardine can that we call our apartment. And so part of the process is being very organized. That means taking all of our summer clothes, I put them in these big bins, get rid of that, make sure that we have space to access our winter clothes and things that we need right away quickly. So that means having all your woolly socks out, having your toques, your scarves, having everything prepared and ready to go. Changing for the season is very, very important. Secondly, what you want to do is change your duvet. That means if you have a summer duvet, switching it to your winter duvet. That is very, very important. I know it sounds really silly, but, you know, transitioning properly and making the time to organize properly and transition into a new season is so important for us, um, especially for those with spinal cord injuries, because sometimes you might have like an emergency feeling where you're feeling really chilly and you need to access your things. Let's say if your partner's at home or if, you know, if you just need to have them right away on hand. So that's for sure one of those things. Um, One other thing that we have year round actually is our heated electric blanket that you have to be really careful with this because do not ever set your heated blanket on extreme temperature of high. So always have it on medium. You want to avoid both cold paths packs and heat packs because sometimes if you don't have sensation in let's say the inner part of your left leg or whatever um, then that could cause some medical issues and emergencies so you don't want to burn yourself always be sensible about that that's a good point that you brought up because I know on the private group those blankets are they're hit or miss it's very it's a very custom thing depending on your specific injury so like if your partner's always cold and wants to do a heated blanket make sure you trial it on yourself make sure because the Mm -hmm. thing is is like our partner's skin is is thinner and you know something that may not be hot for us could be very hot for him and you don't want to have a burning 
Exactly. Yeah. So like so those that, are scary. So make sure you test them, you know, keep it on well, the lowest also, temp. <laughs> also, don't put it on your direct skin. That's yeah. another thing too. Like avoid putting it directly on your skin. Um, I would definitely suggest wrap it in a towel even like those like hot water bottles like you know like those things that people go to bed with sometimes like if you're cold like those I don't know what they're called they're like plastic bottles that you fill up hot water bottle Um, yeah yeah hot water bottle so don't put that directly on your skin um wear socks we change into woolly socks so things like that but those are some of our tips and tricks. I know they sound really sensible, but it's really important just to start off um, by having a system that's going to lead you to success by being organized. Yeah, and so, learn and learn from our mistakes about the the heat thing because we've had my husband has a scar on the left side of his torso um, because he had a hot pack on his stomach with a cover. And I didn't think anything of it. This was like a first month rookie mistake where I put a hot pad with like a really fully, uh, it was like a a fuzzy cover, like almost looked like faux animal skin. And I put the hot water bottle on there. I didn't think it would be an issue. And then literally two minutes later, he was like, I'm twitching. I'm twitching. Like, cause he twitches when he has, yeah. And he had a full on blister. And I was like, are you serious? Cause myself, I put it on my skin and it feels totally warm and lovely and nice. But we underestimate how we can move around and move the heat around, whereas our guys can't. And it's just, it can be a disaster if you're not careful. So make sure you're careful yeah. on those things for sure. Yeah. Of course, like look out for spasms and things like that, because that could also be an indicator of yeah. uncomfort or discomfort um, in a certain area when you're applying both extreme temperatures of, of hot or cold, right? So look out for those things. But that's a good point. That's really crazy that I mean, at, at least his body was able to respond with a twitch to yeah. indicate that, that he was uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's the thing is a lot of our partners who may have complete injuries, they can't respond at all. Right. So it's just a tough situation with these hot things. It's all about, you know, trial and mm-hmm. error and making sure that you move something every few seconds and making sure it's not too hot and making sure it's way cooler than you would think that that you would use yourself. Right. So, yeah, 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 for sure. So what about you guys? What are some of your favorite tips and tricks to keeping your partner seasonally cozy for the summer? I mean, sorry, seasonally (laughs) cozy for the winter, cool for the summer. (laughs) It's so funny because like my husband gets frostbite. Yeah, my husband gets the shakes quite often, not as often as he used to. But for the first, you know, I would say good four years it's been six years since his injury. So for the past two years, he's been pretty stable, but he still does, you know, I would say once or twice a month, he'll get the shakes. Um, so let's just say it's like a normal, these are just normal tips that I would use. So my husband is a big fan of Merino. Um, Merino is awesome because it's not only sustainable, um, it's from New Zealand. It's a very sustainable material. It's very high quality material. So what Merino does is Merino acts as a second skin in a way that it actually helps to regulate your body temperature with just the fabric. So Merino keeps you cool when it's hot outside. It actually takes moisture and heat away from your skin. And then when it's cold outside, it actually keeps heat in. So it, it's good for all seasons. So my husband's a big fan of it because it really helps him to, it it assists him in regulating his body temperature. So he'll spend the money and he'll get a base layer. 
So he has about three or four base layers of different strengths from this company called Icebreaker. It's a New Zealand-based company, but they sell internationally, and um, they specialize in this kind of wool clothing, and it's very, very high-end, nice stuff. So what he does is he'll buy a few base layers, and he's had his for years now because they last forever. So what he does is he puts on a base layer um, depending on how cold it is out. So like, for instance, today we were doing like a long walk, and it's, you know, relatively chilly out, so he'll put his two six it's called a 260 strength merino base layer and what that does is that will keep the heat into his body but it will make it so that it's still able to breathe and he doesn't overheat then he'll use a merino neck warmer and it'll do the same thing so it'll keep him warm to the point that he's not overheating and it'll regulate his temperature that way it's like smart it's literally like nature's smart fabric. It's insane. He also has a couple toques from them and it just really, it's one of his favorite things ever. So anybody out there looking for actual good quality material that will actually help in all seasons, definitely look into icebreaker. Um, second tip would be a weighted blanket. So when my husband does get the shakes, a weighted blanket, yeah, he's, it's, he's obsessed with it and we actually got it three years in it was as a gift and we didn't think that it would work because it was actually a gift from my mom and she was like oh this works for animals it helps calm anxiety I'm thinking that it might calm his immune or his uh, nervous system when it gets shaky and spastic and we both were like no this isn't going to work because this is going to make it so he can't really move and it'll create pressure so I was kind of scared and you know you have every reason to be scared. You have to like test it and you have to move it around. But it turned out to be like a lifesaver. He'll wrap it around his upper body whenever he gets these shakes and it'll help like put him to sleep. It's crazy how well it works. I don't know the science behind it, um, but I know that, you know, myself, a huge proponent of it. I know there's other ladies in the community that love them. It's also another one of those trial and error things, right? Like someone could love it, but someone could hate it. It might work for you, may not work for another person. So it's one of those things that like you have to try, but there is research around calming the nervous system and calming anxiety. And so it does help him with the shakes and spasms, which is cool. Um, so he'll use that to like get himself warmed up. And then, obviously, merino um, socks, merino pressure socks. So you can get these online. They're really inexpensive. And again, they're they're made with merino fabric. So it uh, helps regulate the temperature and it keeps sweat away. It keeps moisture away. And those are pressure socks, too. So they go up to the knee. And those are really good to wear in the winter because they not only help regulate your blood pressure and, and the pressure around your legs and help to keep your BP in order, but they also help to keep you warm. So it's kind of like dual purpose. Um, and then like last tip, I would say, um, just have a lot of like layers on hand. So base layer, undershirt, a nice, like warm, like Patagonia fleece, which my husband loves too. like just nice quality, good, warm fabrics that aren't going to make you sweat is so important. I find just like regular fleece can make you sweat too much and it can mm-hmm. make it all, you can almost give you the opposite problem, right? It makes you too right. hot. And then your body starts to kind of like cool itself off if you're getting like that bit of sweat between the layer of your skin and the fleece too, right? Well, it depends. It depends if it's breathable or not, right? The cheap, some cheaper fabrics out there, they'll make you sweat, but then they won't wick it away. So it'll actually cause 
more sweat. A swamp. Yeah. <laughs> a swamp in your, yes. in your sweater. Yeah. So that's why I always stress, like, spend extra money on high-quality fabrics that you're going to be able to wear forever instead of going through cheaper fabrics that aren't necessarily going to help regulate your temperature and keep you cool or keep you warm. And, you know, they serve a purpose. And that's why, like, mountaineers wear these kind of fabrics because they're so functional, and they don't make you overheat and they don't make you get so cold. They, they actually help. So, so important. Um, I would say last tip. Um, there's been points where like my husband will be so cold, like where he just, he won't understand how cold he is at the time. And even when I do preventative measures, like put a neck warmer on and a toque on, he still will get cold. And that's very few and far between. But when it does happen, the only thing that helps is getting in the shower. Um, so that those are my tips I, I I put him in his commode at night sometimes I've had to do this at like one in the morning when he hasn't been able to sleep because he's been so cold is like I'll put him in his commode put him in the shower put like a nice shower bomb I know Amazon has some ones for men that he loves or like you put them on the, the base of the shower and it steams the shower with like eucalyptus and cedarwood oils it's like really really Ooh, nice that's nice from where Amazon it's from Amazon uh, we can put the link in the description uh, in the in the details section of the podcast but um mm-hmm. they're available on amazon they're super cheap and they're natural and you put them in your shower and it kind of creates like this like male spa experience that's and, nice yeah it's really nice because like when you don't have a bath he my husband used yeah. to always have baths like he used to like when he was able-bodied he used to like come home from work fill up a bath with like essential oils and like a nice bath bomb from like sage and he used to like bring a book into the bath and have like a nice calming bath and I remember when he got injured he was so upset because he wasn't going to be able to have like a submersive bath anymore And so then he said, like, when we started doing the shower bomb things, he was like, this totally reminds me of when I used to have baths. So it's like very therapeutic and it helps like clear the sinuses too. So eucalyptus is also a disinfectant. So we'll put the link in the, in the, we'll put the link to some of these things in the description of the podcast for people that are interested. Um, uh, You can put like a link for what, uh, whatever you use, Elena, for your blankets Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It'll be super helpful to new wigs. Um, but yeah, the shower is like the last resort to the point where within five minutes, he'll feel so much better. Um, so yeah, that's that's also important actually going into just like getting into, I guess, like cold and flu season a little bit is, um, having essential oils or like having like, um, um, essential oils in your diffuser. uh, Yes, thank you. In your infuser, and if you use things like eucalyptus, those are natural remedies for having beside your bed or in the air to decongest you. I know that a lot of the time we talk strongly around avoiding pharmaceuticals as much as possible, just because our partners have so many other yeah second secondary conditions with spinal cord injury that we don't like to pump a whole bunch of other farms um into their system on top of what they're taking that this is i swear to god we swear by it having an infuser with natural smelling i guess like oils in it helps a lot it helps with energy it helps with so many different things and also having um a hydrator in your home as well and just kind of like pumping through that mist that really nice um, moistured air can help as well yeah especially if you live in drier climates and you feel like your skin is suffering during winter or you're going through a change of season and you feel like you know your skin isn't 
or his skin isn't cooperating as much as you want it to, definitely those, um, <clears throat> those, uh, D, uh, he, what are they called? Humidifiers? Air humidifiers? Yeah. yeah. yeah air humidifiers. Those are good. And you can, for, for the diffusers, you can get a really good diffuser on Amazon. Um, and then just Google some good, um, oil blends that can cleanse the air that you can use. And it's really nice to have in your home during fall. And it's great for, you know, killing bacteria in the air, but also like clearing the sinuses and, and just like really cleansing your home. It's, it's really, really good for, for everybody involved. I wanted to give one last tip and I think this is really important. It's also so simple and may seem kind of ridiculous, but it works so well. We have like a um, automatic uh, hot water dispenser. <laughs> and what we do is we fill it up with filtered water every morning. Um, and it makes about 10 cups of tea. So we just have it on the countertop. During the summer, we have like our soda stream machine. But during the winter, we have the automatic hot water dispenser and it's a button operated so quadriplegics can use it easily if they have access to it um, but basically it keeps your water hot all the time so whatever you feel like a tea you can just press the button and it dispenses it at a boiling water temperature or you can set the temperature very easily and so right. it's digital right so what happens is when he starts feeling a little bit of a chill I'll make him some tea right away and in addition to doing like the tubes and the layers and all that stuff, it really, really helps to warm the core from within. And it's so simple, but it's so important. So start drinking tea or hot water with lemon or, you know, infusions of your own, but something that's hot, right? And that really helps to warm the body. Yeah. I mean, one of the easiest tea brands that you and I both use is uh, traditional medicine um they come like they're basically it's a brand of tea but it's already comes in like um i guess like the tea bags and they have a whole variety of teas and no this is not sponsored or anything but i really love them because they have a whole variety of teas like if you're feeling like you need a bit of a calming mood you can get that there's like a digestive blend there's um i don't know there's one for like if you're feeling constipated or whatever, there's a whole variety of teas that are really, really great there. And that's just like an all organic, easy to drink sort of a tea company that we love to use. You can get them at most grocery stores. Yeah. And on and, Amazon. And they, you know, they yeah. have a new, they have one that's really good. It's called Breathe Easy. And it's a blend. Mm. It's a blend for like respiratory. Um so it, it's for like bronchitis or, you know, chest congestion. And it's really good to have on hand in the winter, especially like with the lungs of our quads. They need as much help as they can get. Right. Um, so, yeah, mm -hmm. we'll put, we'll put the link honey. for this. Yeah, we'll put the link for this as well in the description of the podcast for anyone who is interested. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much, you guys, for another episode. Thank you for tuning in, allowing us to be a part of your day today and listening to another episode of the Wags of SCI podcast with Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Um, once again, you can find us on the Instagram group Wags of SCI as well as our private discussion group on Facebook called the Wags of SEI private discussion group that is there always day and night 24 seven for all other women um, and partners of men with a spinal cord injury. So thank you for tuning in until next time. This was the Wags of SEI podcast and we'll see you next week. Bye. The advocacy and outreach group 
legs of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WEGs, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wegsofsci.com, or donate directly to the WEGs of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.